where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Jackson, here's what I'm thinking today. I want to go deep diving. Nice. I was thinking that I was filming my water. Hmm. Wait, you got a kind of a little hairstyle. I just looked across. You got a little hairstyle going on. Today. Do, do you got I? Pomade? You got pomade? It's kind <laughs> of a little tidy little bouffant. You do have a little bouffant. Yeah, that's my new just name. Notice that. Little like bouffant. Bowser over there. Yeah. What's going on? I don't know. My hair. I woke up this morning, looked at it, I said, "Boy, my hair is a mess right now." But, I, but that means it's getting thicker. This is a good thing. Things are happening, Tim. Are things happening really? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a testament that anything in this world can happen if you truly believe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That was, I, that was inspirational. Uh, inspiring uh, Thursday. It is, and it's also uh, Lil Piddle's Half and Half. Oh, yeah. Presented by Angry Beaver. That's right. And then I am in the mood for a deep dive. Absolutely. It's kind of day for it. So, I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere. Anywhere you want me to go, listeners, friends of the feather in the uh, YouTube chat, you, 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 maybe, maybe, maybe you deep dive. Maybe it's time for you to do a deep dive at 25 years old. Maybe you can deep dive. Yeah. I, I don't have the deep dive talents that you do, Tim. And that's not, but like, I have, I, mine is a reservoir of memories. Right. You and know? your reservoir is much deeper than mine. Right. But that's just because I've been doing it for 25 years. You've been alive for 25 years. <laughs> I have. So that's, I kn- that's our core issue on this. Some of my favorite deep dives that you've done involve like we got? stories from behind the scenes of like coaches, either in St. Louis or otherwise, like your yeah. stories of, of Tony or like your interaction with Bobby Knight. Mm. Like that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy. Right. I know personally. I'm like, happy to go. I'm happy to go. I, you know, like I said, I was making, filling up, refilling my water before coming down to this studio. And I thought, you know what? I kind of, the mood for i'm in a mood for a deep dive we haven't done one in a while mm-hmm. and, I, a, and i open it up yeah you're in a very tasteful carolina blue shirt is this tasteful oh yeah is it, really? it just works does it work it does. Yeah. is that because my eyes reflect the blue in the shirt is that the reason i just think carolina blue always works <laughs> and especially on you it really it's, it might be your color i'm trying to think i think it is actually yeah they're navy yeah, I agree. Something classy. Right. Slate gray. Mm. Com- combine that with any of those colors previously mentioned. So and, many great choices for yeah. how good I look. Couldn't agree more, Tim. Thanks. Uh, what do we have in this Little Piddles half and half before I we'll give the people time for their deep dive requests? Sure. And then I'll go right into this half. I mean, I'm, I'm curious what direction you're going on the half and half. It's mostly I mean, what sports. Do we I mean, what do we got? It's mostly sports business Uh-oh. stuff. Oh, so it's mostly sports. Okay. I thought you said it was mostly sports stuff. Uh, I mean, it's it's in the sports realm, but just day-to-day Cardinal stuff at the moment okay. isn't really as tantalizing for me. Why don't you hold Matthew Libertor accountable? 
I don't want to. I like Matthew Libertor a lot, and I think he's going to develop real nicely. I mean, he had a bad start last night, but the start before that, he was lights out. You know, so yeah, I like to keep an open mind. He's a lefty too. You know, sometimes lefties take a little bit more time to develop. Hmm. All right, fair enough. His stuff is there. I'll hear you out on this. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Question one. All what right. You got? Let's see. Let's let's figure this out today. Pretty interesting uh, stat I'm about to read off for you here, Tim. For the first time in the history of watching television as a nation. Watching through linear television fell below 50% in the month of July, with streaming making up 38.7% of TV being consumed. These numbers are something to know for sure, but nothing really surprises me. What I find interesting is how it seems the powers in television aren't embracing this data, with companies like Fox Sports seeming to be completely resistant to the streaming model. Doesn't this seem like a grand opportunity for a tech company or just uh, you know, a TV company owned by a big conglomerate to make up huge offers to host leagues or different sports streaming. Do you think each year we will see a gradual move to full-on streaming of sports, or do you think it'll happen quicker than that? Yeah, I think I think it is happening. I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't completely follow the question. I'm not saying that crassly, I'm saying it sincerely. Well, in a time where it seems like when an opportunity pops up... You've already up, seen Amazon get into the NFL and Major League Baseball get in there with, with Apple. Sure. So I'm just like, what... what a, it seems like they're dipping their toe is kind of what I'm alluding to when there seems to be an opportunity for someone to grab up right now because obviously, given that data, we're going to be moving to streaming on sports pretty much around the... You know. Right, but I mean, but if, if you have a commodity that has value and unfortunately in this particular market which I know wouldn't be well-received, but it is the truth, the NFL does, then they do. But and by that, they do. I'm the, then Amazon got in. Right. But you don't just spend money just to get something if you don't believe that it's going to be profitable. Sure. And I, I see where that's coming from. I just It seems like today's price won't be tomorrow's price when it comes to streaming rights of sports because of the way it's going to shift towards almost exclusively streaming. I feel like you probably could get a better deal at the moment than you yeah, could I mean, in it, 10 it, years. It, 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 it is, but it's still you're still going to have people who are whatever age they are at the moment that are going to prefer to be able to watch things the way that they're comfortable watching them. Right. I.e. directly on what they, back in the day, you know, called cable. And that is what I think baseball is attempting to do, is to provide both right. with that direct old school model and then also streaming yeah. for people. Yeah. The I feel like model. I'm not doing a good job on your question, but that's because I don't know if I fully understand the question. I, and, and I love the little piddles half and half presented by angry beaver. And so I want to, I want to do it justice. If I can't, I, listen, I didn't major in business. So I didn't, I took very few business courses. Uh, I've never owned a business. It just seems to me like streaming sports is going to be the new huge thing. And it already has started. It's to one become, of the only properties in television that have great value to advertisers in the moment because it's one of the only things left that people feel like they need to watch live. Right. And therefore, the advertising on those shows have greater pop because people will be watching the commercials as opposed to a streaming platform. I don't really even know what else would Outside of breaking news, live news, that's that's where you would that's where you would have that outside of sports. Right. I suppose awards, but those aren't exactly No, those aren't what they were five, ten years ago. Right. Yeah. So I it just seems like companies want to like grab on and want to be 
become the biggest entity in a certain sector. And right now, it kind of seems like there's an open door and companies like Netflix and Apple and Amazon have really, really, really big bankrolls. And I just don't like, especially like streaming services exclusively like Netflix or Hulu aren't like jumping on the opportunity and making huge bids for leaks. But hey, maybe I'm not in those meetings, so I don't know what the, well, I, the And I understand that, but again, just because you have money doesn't mean you spend it. And maybe you're not saying that. I don't know. No, I am. That's, that's one exactly of those things that's kind of like one of the, you know, I say, of course, respectfully, hillbilly arguments to Bill DeWitt. And again, when I say hillbilly, it's like, I really respect it. Well, Bill DeWitt has enough money. Why don't they go sign Snell and Noel and Arius? And then I go, okay, maybe that's a good idea. And then I'll go, all right, another news. Fair enough. See yeah, what I'm saying? I'm so spending just, just other because, people's money. Well, it's not spending other people's money. It's just because one of the ways people have wealth is not by going Cafe Napoli with it. For sure. I hear that. And I mean, uh, you look at the NFL, the NFL is changing up their model this year with the NFL plus thing, which will give people red zone for nine, like eight, nine bucks a month where you can watch, you won't get Sunday ticket, but you could get red zone, which I know for people like in my age group. And if you play fantasy football, that's all you need is red zone, especially when you have a team like my people in St. Louis do not have a team. So I see like there is upside to that. I just think like, Streaming is going to become the big thing. I know people my age don't have cable, and seems now is the opportunity to get the foothold. But for right. that demographic, yes. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm very confident the the sophistication with regards to the numbers. If it made money, they would, and and, and certainly a margin because you're willing to take on a and by margin I mean a significant margin where you're willing to take on the risk that if there is a market shift like we've seen. I mean, the Cardinal television deal with what was Fox Sports Midwest a handful of years ago seemed golden. And here we are just a handful of years later. You know, oh, my God. And I still believe it's playing a role in what the organization's doing, but they're just not saying it. And I'm talking about the, the loss of the certainty of that financially. And so perhaps a Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or Apple is going, yeah, we'd love to do it. But what if this direction is the way that people begin to consume sports? And right now... You know, whereas baseball has seen an in, in increase in attendance, up 9% yep, this year, yep. um, and it has lowered its age. Uh, overall, I think the number was 47 to 42, some, somewhere in that yeah, range. And now the it's average like age. 43. Uh, the blue chip stocks, as far as sports go, would be, I mean, the one that everybody would want is the NFL. You have a, a monstrous shift going on with college football. Yeah. And uh, you saw what wound up happening with television's impact on essentially one of the premier conferences just evaporating in one morning two weeks ago. Yeah, you know, so uh, it's moving. It's what I would say on this with the technology in particular television, if we want to apply it to sports business, is the changes used to be gradual. Like it was a huge deal that Fox took the NFL away from from if I'm not mistaken, it was NBC in the early 1990s. And now I feel like every quarter there is another huge news with regards to sports television or sports, I don't know, television is not the right, distribution of sports. And then how material the impact is on these leagues. In other words, I would actually say you can make a case that the disintegration of the Pac-12 was indirectly created by the NFL and the NBA. 
because there are only so many dollars right. and these platforms wanted the NFL and the NBA. Yeah. And once they spent those, because those are the ones they get a higher ROI on, right. they go, well, we really don't care if we get yeah. Washington and Oregon and Arizona. So we're out on it. And Apple gives $30 million and they go, well, crap. <laughs> That's not good. We're going to go to the Big Ten. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like no, These things are all, yeah. all intertwined. All right. Uh, deep Dive requests are welcome. Uh, 314-399-9646. Lil Pills Half and Half brought to you by Angry Beaver. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll go deep diving. I don't know. I'd like a Jackson deep dive. I want a Jackson deep dive. I'm, I'm a hey, I'm You are here. willing. For sure, you man. You are willing. I, I mean, your hair resurgent. It's like <laughs> I'd like 45 minutes on your hair resurgence. It really does. It's, it's th- yeah, is it a bouffant? Yeah. But it's thick. That's what we care about. Hey man, really When's the last time you that. got that thing cut, brah? Right before the dothem, so that have been mid-May. Yeah. I mean, it's like saying right before the Masters. Everybody knows what it is. Right, yeah. That was, it was unnecessary. It's almost redundant yeah, at that point. It just took time away from the deep dive. All right, well, there it is. <laughs> uh, text in 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line, this is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 East Beach. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. Jim Mike Munganess, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. And uh, yeah, I've been the best in the business for a long time. So thank you for that. That's Action Jackson. And I think he's surging. I think you, you've, you feel like you've had a big week? Yeah, I was telling you in the break. I think my equity with the with the listenership here on 101 ESPN is at its all-time valley. So this is the time to buy piddle stock. Right. So buy the, it up. The only place to go is up. So it's kind of this like wonderful place to be. Right. Because nothing I could say would be like they're like they can't hit me. I didn't know what the money in that miracle was. Right. Um, Unfortunate to down, say the least. Yeah. Down in the blue sweaters like mm. this, that, and third. Like I've been all over the place mm. this week. So it's kind of a comfortable, almost Nirvana state I'm in because. No pressure. I essentially can't lose. The expectations are so low that you can only go up. And I like that. I've gotten a lot of good deep dive requests in here, as Jackson was reading through the text. Some of them were personal attacks. But the the overall theme on the deep dives is is kind of a state of the Cardinals and where they're going. And there were a couple that I would say that, that... that would be the the focal point. Uh, I don't know if you were reading them. I know you were uh, reading the one about the gentleman saying uh, for you to to piss off because you can't even read right. right. But I think right below that one was uh, essentially a, a state of the Cardinals and um, the financials of the Cardinals and where the organization is is possibly going. Um, Let's see what we got. Well, this is MLB fans are younger because traditional baseball is ruined. That's the reason. That's from the 636. Uh, Deep dive request is the Cardinal franchise in decline. Once a leader in team building and fan trust, it seems other teams are ahead of the game while the Cardinals are falling behind and fans aren't trusting the franchise anymore. I think that's a, I think that's a hell of a topic. And then, and then it was, like I said, a few texts earlier somebody asked about the financial state with the lack of attendance last night they announced i think thirty three thousand. yeah it's a jim dandy of a game <laughs> uh and but i think if you were to set an over under fifteen thousand might have been the actual in attendance yeah it's probably but i saw pictures or yeah. and they panned around and it was sparsely attended and then how that is impacting the dewitts so with so i think you i can tend to both of those kind of state of the union questions as 
one question. Now, I want to put this disclaimer out there on that. I have been really surprised by the Cardinals' lack of aggression activity for multiple off seasons um, over the last few years, with with an exception being twenty one with with the Arnado acquisition. Right. But pre pandemic, and keep in mind, I mean that spring training was functioning completely normally. I was I was there when that all went down in March. And I was set up to have this interview with John Mazalock, and I wanted to certainly have a conversation with him on the record, and it was going to be a podcast in his office at Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter. But I also just wanted to have a better... We had a good conversation in 2018. Um, and I said, hey, you know, and, and this was this was away from a microphone. It wasn't an off-the-record conversation. But I said, you know, a lot of people who listen to our show are wondering why, for example, you didn't pursue Jake Arrieta, why you didn't re-sign Lance Lynn. And he goes, okay, well, that's easy. He goes, our projections that Miles Michaelis is going to have a better year than Lance Lynn. I'm like, okay. And then as, as, as it turned out, by the yeah. way, he did yep. that year. Um, and we also talked about how they spend money, the protests that existed then that the franchise didn't spend money. I personally don't subscribe to that, but I realize it's a good, it's a, it's a good red meat thing to say because you can always activate more people than not by saying the rich guy isn't spending as much and not taking care of you, the common man right. with the commitment. And you can, you can always, you can always win votes with that stuff. I, I mean, I get it. It's a nice strategy. I just think it's disingenuous. So I don't engage in it. Um, I think they spend their money poorly. Right. That's what I think. Right. And especially when you consider the size of the Cardinal market and then people will talk about the attendance and there are many more elements to a team's top line than simply attendance. With that all said, uh, I think one of the biggest issues the organization has right now is a distrust between the fan base and themselves that they're committed to winning. And so my reptilian brain says, this is going to be a critical off season for the Cardinals. But my memory tells me I've said that many times here since 2020, since 2019 slash 2020, that offseason. And in this most recent offseason, I don't know how many times we said it since Balloon Party existed for this offseason. I said, I'm confused. I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea what they're doing. I didn't like the Contreras signing. thought that was an overpay. Uh, that's not results oriented. Balloon Party archives would back that up. I don't know what the thought process was with the pitching. You've had world-class free agent classes with shortstop, and you can say, well, they've got Mason Wynn. That's fine, but Mason Wynn isn't necessarily somebody that has to play. Mason Wynn hasn't done anything at the major league level yet. Sometimes a commodity is a future, and the Cardinals have mismanaged their futures and their value. Keep in mind what the thought process was on Dylan Carlson four years ago. I was there. That was the 2020 spring training, yeah. and his stock couldn't have been any higher. And now it's like, well... I don't know if he'll even be around, and maybe they can get a middle reliever for him this offseason. So there is a distrust between the fan base and the organization that there is a real commitment to winning. And we've talked about the comparison and the contrasting of the Blues and the Cardinals and how there is a belief that Doug Armstrong and Tom Stillman are committed to winning and a distrust that Bill DeWitt and John Mazalock are committed to winning. I feel like Bill DeWitt kind of gets off scot-free with a lot of this because people don't like, not everybody, but people don't like John Mazalock, and so he gets all the blame, even though in reality he has a boss. Right. And that's why I like Ben Fredrickson's column over the weekend where he talked about 
this all kind of starts and stops with Bill DeWitt. One of the factors that I think contributes to this, there are two things that when I, when I have a conversation with people, whether it be here on the air, on TMA or on my podcast, or if I'm just out BSing with people, that I feel like are two X factors, so X and Y, because I don't know. If Paul Goldschmidt said, I'm not willing to go anywhere, then that takes that conversation off the table. But if Paul Goldschmidt was willing to go somewhere and the Cardinals didn't trade him at the deadline, I think that is a horrible baseball strategic miss. Um, He is going to be 36 in a few weeks. He is going to be a free agent next year. And you can make a case that the Cardinals may suffer some semblance of a decline by putting somebody else there other than him. I would say you actually have some options, and they may not be as good as Goldschmidt was in 2022. But at the very least, you could have gotten so much for a year and a half of control of Paul Goldschmidt, who I think it's probably in your best interest to let walk away. This thing with keeping guys who are traditional friends of the feather in St. Louis has burned the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright is certainly an example, although I think that's results-oriented because Wainwright had a great first five months of the season last year, and so I understood them bringing him back. It didn't work out this year, and anybody would agree with that, but the Cardinals didn't have that information when they made the deal. And in this case, you have made an, a deal and an extension with an aging first baseman, and you saw how that burned you, and that was uh, Matt Carpenter. So this thing with keeping players around as legacy contracts has burned the Cardinals. And so that's a baseball strategic move. But at the same time, it's completely off the table if Goldschmidt said, yeah, I'm, I'm happy here. I'm not going anywhere. Right. So it's it's tough one to have that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I am of the opinion that Owen Arnato would have gone to Los Angeles. And I do believe both organizations were at least discussing it. It doesn't mean that it was close, but I didn't cast out of hand that that story from the LA Times was false just because I didn't like it. That's not the way the world really works. It's the way people's consumption of media in the last decade or so works. If I don't like the story, I attack the writer or the network that broadcast it. And then I say it's fake. But that isn't necessarily the way that the world works. Secondarily, if the Cardinals really are going to have some kind of financial issue because of their television deal, well, that's material to the business. That is a substantial situation. That is a substantial concern. But at the same time, I don't know that that is the case. Are the the Cardinals considering creating their own Yes Network or SNY? Um, would that work in St. Louis? Certainly there are millions of Cardinals fans, but are there millions of dollars to offset the cost and the risk that comes with that? That's a risky proposition. I know me as a fan and as a lifelong St. Louis, and I would love to be able to watch classic Cardinal games, yep. Cardinal talk shows where people are being honest about situations. Uh, and, and, the Cardinals pregame and postgame all on one network. Yeah. I would love that. But I'm sure if that's something that they're considering, they have priced it out to see if it's something that's going to be profitable. You know, you don't see these all over the place. You see them in New York. And there's a reason for that because of the millions and millions of people. And also in the case of the Yankees, it's a, it's a global brand, but the Cardinals do have at the very least a regional brand. And perhaps it would make sense to have a Cardinal network. But if you're losing $60 million in revenue, then that impacts the way you do baseball strategically. However, if the organization is in a spot where it prefers to keep everything internal, which I understand and I respect that, those two elements that I'm talking about, Goldschmidt and whether or not he wanted to stay, and also the franchise's financial state specific to the television deal, 
are incredibly impactful. And I think it would behoove them to explain that to the fan base. Uh, at the very least, some people might say, well, you still have 3 million people coming through, so that doesn't matter, or you're worth a billion dollars, so it doesn't matter. And, that, and you're going to have that. You can't, you can't win them all. But uh, that's something that I would be really intrigued to hear as to what their plan is for the television situation, because this, this is a real thing. And it's not just a real thing for the inconvenience of watching Cardinal games if you aren't a subscriber to a particular platform. It's a real thing for their financials. And I don't think it's getting much attention relative to its importance to the, the franchise's business, and the franchise's business impacts its payroll. And so that is my only explanation for whatever the hell happened this past offseason with signing Wilson Contreras, overpaying for Wilson Contreras, and then going, yeah, and we'll give her a run with this pitching rotation. I just, I don't understand it. Um, and then along those lines, because there isn't that much communication, or if there is communication, it's coming from John Mazalak, who does not have a high approval rating in St. Louis, has an incredibly low one. There really isn't a spokesperson for the organization who people look forward to trust slash like. Whether that's right or wrong, I think most fans would observe that as being accurate. I think, in other words, who is it that's going to speak on behalf of the Cardinals? And people go, good. Oh, and I believe him. But if Tom Stillman pops up on this station, or if Doug Armstrong pops up on the station, as he does, and Craig Berube is on regularly with uh, his buddy Jamie Rivers and with Anthony Stalter and Marshy Marsh and the playful posse on the fast lane, I think people buy in. Yeah. And there's such a value in credibility. And I think one of the core issues for the Cardinals has nothing to do with a balance sheet. It's their credibility between themselves and their fans is at an all-time low. And therefore, I think it would behoove them to have some semblance of transparency, maybe from Bill DeWitt III, as to where things are. Certainly, some form of passion as to their disenfranchised approach to what took place this year, how they're going to change it, and some of the things that may have factored in, such as the television situation. This is not a good spot for fans. And I think one of the other things is fans have found, you know what, I don't really miss it. That's the biggest thing. I don't really miss it. Yeah, I'm not going to pay extra. I'm, I've, I've switched from this place to this place because I could get the Cardinals, and then now this new place doesn't have the Cardinals. I'm just tired of doing it, yeah. and I'm not going to pay for two different places. And I don't miss it. I'm surprised, honestly. Consider how beautiful the weather, for those of you in the St. Louis area, uh, are aware yesterday was. Wow. Gorgeous. And that ballpark was empty. Yeah. I was of the opinion, even if the team's as garbage as they are this year, that still people would show up. So that's eye-opening. And that matters because, again, when you combine a team's revenue, it's not just tickets. It's tickets, television, but then it's also merch and concessions. And that counts. And you only get 81 of those. And that is that was an abomination as far as attendance. Not the fans' fault, by the way, but that that catches people's attention. So my inclination is to say this is a huge offseason for the Cardinals, and I can't wait to see what they do. But so far, when I've said that, going into 2020, going into this year, some trade deadlines, it's always just been passive yep. or it's been lukewarm. And I don't know if now it's a red alert. We have to do something and we will do something. I'm inclined to say they will. But again, it's kind of a fool me once, fool me twice, fool me thrice situation. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. 
right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. I got to tell you something, Jackson. Yo. You know, I, uh, I like to be transparent with the audience. I know oh, you yeah. like to, to play kabuki theater is what I call it with the audience. Well, I'm physically transparent, so it's, you know, I f- kind of feel like I'm always transparent. I would tell you this. Uh-huh. We're getting some great texts. Is that the case? Yeah. Love it. Love to hear it. Yeah. We got great listeners. We really, these are, these are some really good texts. Text in 314-399-9646. Uh, I think they're intelligent and um, thought-provoking and, and, and in some cases, such as this one here, kind of first-person accounts. The Cardinals' biggest issue is communication. I own a business and no communication with customers is key. And the Cardinals have failed miserably at it. It also doesn't help. They oftentimes treat the fan base like dummies. For instance, Mazalok saying the payroll would go up and then he get got indignant when he was called out for the most incremental of payroll increases. Couldn't agree more with that from the 618. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with that. I mean, yeah. And that's the thing. You might be like, well, it did go up. And I know that I was told by ownership we can't do what we were planning on doing when I said payroll was going to go up. But I can't say that because they'll be pissed at me. And I also know that we thought we could get Carlos Rodon for this, and then all of a sudden he got that, and so that's what wound up happening. Whatever it is, it's a tough spot right. oftentimes, and you got to wear it. It's mm-hmm. just kind of the nature ship if you, of the beast if you're, if you're wearing the sea on your sweater, so to speak. But that's part of getting the sea on your sweater. You're compensated for it. Um, but there's a way to handle it. You know, these are your customers. I personally, and I've said this so often, I mean, getting ripped is fine. It, it, again, it comes with the territory of doing a job like this. It's fine. It's kind of in one ear, one ear out the other. But when somebody would say something that I know is factually inaccurate, mm-hmm. that is when I engage. Right. You, know, you say the show sucks, fine. Say the show sucks, fine. Plenty of people think so, plenty of people like it, whatever. Doesn't matter. But say that he did this, or that show did that, or that show said that, and that's not true, whether it has malicious intent and then would fall under the guise of libel or slander, that's one conversation. But I'm just to state, set the record straight and then also give my side of it, that's, I feel like, my, my responsibility in this little world that we're in, much less if you are managing a franchise that also has up there, I would say, Top 10, perhaps top five in all the four major North American leagues, in particular to be specific in the United States, have taken out the Canadian NHL franchises. A tie so close with its community's mood as the Cardinals do to St. Louis. I think of Green Bay. That was first in mind. And the Packers. Steelers. Steelers and Pittsburgh's a nice play. Uh, And and then take your pick. We may be missing an obvious one. I mean, New York's a huge city, but they're like on full-on panic about what's going on with the Yankees being below 500 this late in the season. Yankees is a good call. Um, So with that all said, what can happen, and I think this is what is happening, is people feel like their loyalty is taken for granted. And then that becomes, you can apply it to a personal relationship or a professional relationship. Let's say you're an employee and you've been in a place for a while and you're like, how come I haven't gotten a raise? And, and it starts to piss you off. It's your employer. Now, your employer just might not be aware or your employer might be taking you for granted because your employer's going, where else are you going to go? Right. Uh, or you're in a relationship and you're like, well, this is, this is no good. What are you going to do? Right. And I think that's, I think that's part of it. But I think, that, you know, because 
2019 and 2022 can't be discounted. And I, and I feel like in a way they are because you can go, well, they haven't won a series uh, or they haven't gotten to the NLCS since 2014. But they did have a 100-win season in 2015. They were in the mix in 16, 17, and 18. They got to the NLCS in 19, and they won the division in 2022. 2020, I'd cast aside either way. In that case, they went to the playoffs, but a bunch of teams did, and it was obviously a unique year. And 2021 was a bit of a dumpster fire until the winning streak. But the winning streak counts. You can't... So if you were to compare this to most franchises, the Cardinals would be in the top half as far as production over the last decade. And I'll start it in 2014 to take the pennant winning season out of it. And yet, well before this season, and that's the key, this isn't a new phenomenon. I think, you know, when I was uh, out of town last month on vacation, and I was lucky enough to play Harbortown down in Hilton Head, and the guy that was caddying, uh, was a Phillies fan. And he goes, what? And I don't know how many people, and I said I was from St. Louis, asked about the Cardinals. Really kind of weird. Uh, this is in multiple times. And they go, what's it like for you guys now? Like they were enjoying it just because they look at Cardinals fans as kind of like college football fans look at Alabama fans. Right, yeah, yeah. You know so, what I mean? Like how, how are they handling it? Because this isn't... Meanwhile, it would be weird for me to explain to them, people have been pissed at the Cardinals, and not pissed maybe so much as frustrated. Yeah, that's the right term with the Cardinals for a number of years, which would sound strange to an outsider. Right. But this has been building. And so what I think has happened following up on these deep dive requests is this year's performance is vindication for a lot of people in the Cardinal fan base who have been saying this team is complacent. We're being taken for granted. And now look. Right. And now look. And, and what I say, if we want to play the handout to go forward into the short term, because that's the, that's the measure the Cardinals said, we're going to return to being competitive in 2025, 2024. I go, yeah, of course it can happen. I mean, who would have thought some of the teams who were in first place would be in first place? Or the teams who were in the mix for the wild card would have been in the wild card. Are the teams such as the Cardinals, Padres, and Mets, who are all flopping around like they are, would be in the spot that they're in? It, of course, can happen. But... So much has to happen for the pitching staff to get to a point where they are true contenders. And I'm not talking about National League Central contenders. And I think that's another element, that the Cardinals are doing just enough in this division to just get in. And that isn't the way that you really take a shot. And so fans feel like their loyalty isn't being reciprocated. And that is where you have the breach of trust. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. Lots of people texting in. Appreciate that. 314-399-9646. It's been building over the years. This is not a fluke. Uh, that's from the 314. This just isn't this year. Exactly, Tim. Uh, let's see. These people asking how it's been are fan base of teams that don't draw three and a half million every year. That's the difference why expectations are higher here. 314. I understand that. I, I, I don't think that's the reasoning they're not like taunting they were just really curious right. like i would be too if i were out and i'm paired with somebody and they're from tuscaloosa right you know or mobile doesn't have to be tuscaloosa and they're a roll todd fan and let's say saban is still there but you know alabama goes seven and five i'd go god yeah what's it like what's it like in the like the mood around the city but my counter to the analogy, my own analogy, uh, so I am arguing with myself, <laughs> is 
the Cardinals haven't been Alabama. Alabama's been winning championships. Right. The Cardinals have been good. Yeah. Ohio State, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, because I think Ohio State's been dominant in its respective. It's just run into, yeah. you know, take your pick of whomever. Really could have beaten Georgia. I love that play, by the way. Yeah. For if you want to go back to wagers from 10 months ago, <laughs> big fan of Ohio State and the points against Georgia. Uh, and I think that's that's the core issue. I, and I don't, I really, here's the thing. I don't know how it's fixable. Hmm. Um, I recall completely with my head up my ass with the benefit of hindsight, but in the time in good faith, having a conversation with Kevin Demoff, as you can see why I'm now saying having my head up my ass. <laughs> and going, I just think the organization, or no, I was saying this on TMA and I guess he was listening and he like took offense to it. I said, the Rams need somebody like the Cardinals had with Mark Lamping. And I know Mark Lamping is a bit before your time, Mm -hmm. but when Mark Lamping talked, he had credibility with the fan base. I'm sure part of that was being a St. Louis guy. I also think if you want to dig deeper into it, being from where he was in St. Louis, i.e. not Ledoux, I'm not trying to engage them with you, Jackson, but for real, you know that stuff factors in. It is a real thing. Not country day. Right. You know, this stuff's real. We're going to have the conversation. Let's talk about it honestly. He's a South County guy, played soccer, went to Vianney. In other words, he can be one of us as opposed to one of them. And so people bought in. And the Rams didn't have that. I mean, obviously, that one guy was, quote, from here, from Missouri, but he was in, you know. Right. So loyal to his He was in hiding, absolutely. And Demoff didn't have the credibility. In my mind, the reason why I say in my head up my ass is I'm thinking, well, the Rams are trying to make it work in St. Louis. Well, of course, now with the benefits of hindsight, they weren't, so they didn't didn't want that. But the Blues have it. The Blues have it. The Blues have the credit. This is a team that was a disaster this year. And yet people are fired up for the upcoming season. No doubt. And it wasn't like it was this magical offseason. Right. But the Blues have that equity. And I think the core issue is people feel like the Cardinals have had this run and it's been taken for granted because they really haven't gone all out to win a championship. And that is at its core distrust. That's what it's about. I think some people would feel as simple as if John Mazalak was let go or if he stepped down, they would feel a breath of fresh air. Uh, I think there's something. I think there's something there. I think in a way that's personal, but I also think that is a way that he communicates that some take as being condescending, and so therefore, even if the person is speaking words that may make sense, if the tone is delivered in a manner that does not resonate, then therefore the message, even if it is truthful, has a difficult time of penetrating the wall of being credible. And I think that's one of the issues the organization has. Ali Marmol is not somebody who many in the fan base like. My understanding is he's very popular in the clubhouse. And so when I say that to people ask me about Marmol and I go, they love him in the clubhouse. I go, really? I see him on those post games. He's so angry. And I go, well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, right. all I can, I can <laughs> that's not necessarily how, I mean, Nick Saban isn't like Dave Chappelle at the mic when he's, when he's doing Far post games. Tim. Belichick's not. Tony LaRusso wasn't. Um, but that comes with winning, and that comes with a resume. Uh, all right, it's 10.50, so I'm going on and on, and that's what I tend to do. Uh, continue to read your texts on the topic. Good deep dive topic. Tip of the cap to those who submitted it and all the texts that are coming in on it. You're listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yes. 
Jackson, I'm speaking for myself here. If, you're, if you'd like to chime in, you're sure, welcome to, sure. of course. No doubt. Hockey season's right around the corner. Yep. And I'm really looking forward to it. I look forward to going to Blues game. I guess part of it's because I take my Your son. older son. Yeah. And he loves it. And he's been asking about it. And I can't wait. And how about this? Single game tickets for the Blues season go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. 23 hours from now. How do you do? Love it, man. Hey, I like I, going to a, a hockey game in person compared to TV. I don't think there's a bigger discrepancy, in, for me at least. In but you've never watched a hockey game on television. Uh, that's not true. Oh my gosh. The whole the 2019. No, wasn't alive. Uh, the whole 2019 playoff run. I watched every game. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm th- you're looking at me like you're going to call, but I'm telling you, I did. Then, how, well, then why would you think Patrick Waugh was the Bruins' netminder? I mean, at some point, they had to have said. Tuka Rask with the save. Well, I knew it was like a... Or was it possible that Doc Emmerich mistook him for Patrick Waugh for all seven games? As much as I'd like to put the onus on Doc mm-hmm. in his final... Was that his final year calling playoff hockey, or was that more recently? Uh, I am. I know it was the final cup final that he did, and maybe he had the one in the bubble. I don't know. Okay, But... No, I, I, I just, when you asked me who was the goaltender, I knew it was like a unique name, and the first thing that came to mind was Patrick Waugh. And in retrospect, I do remember it was Tuka Rask, but unfortunately, you can only say what you say in the moment. Right. You know, and so I had to wear that, and I, I've had to wear a lot of things, so it's nothing new. Like, that might have been the first thing I had to wear, but now I'm conditioned to yeah, it. Yeah, now you got a lot of things that are... Yeah. On your body. Uh, Jackson, it is uh, 10.56. Maybe we have time for one more of the half and half? Sure. I, I got tip a of the cap to the audience on the deep dive and all the texts that came in on the topic. No doubt. I have a quick hitter here for I like, too, I like so, these kinds uh, of uh, conversations. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Mickey Mantle's jersey from 1958 is on pace to share the record for auction price at $2.2 million. First up, what is a really cool piece of sports memorabilia you have? And secondly, what is one piece of STL memorabilia you would love to have and a piece of sports memorabilia, you know, across sports that you would like to have? Um, wow, there's a lot of meat on that bone. Um, either the puck from Maroon's goal, the ball from Freeze's yeah. home run. I love the triple. Yeah. Big fan of the triple. The, how about the ripped up jersey? Freezes ripped up, yeah, shredded, got him. shredded jersey. The the one that I have, and it's it's I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it at my parents' house. My late grandfather uh-huh. went to a Cardinal game and got autographs. It was a Cardinals Cubs game. I actually now have it in a spreadsheet. Uh, <laughs> the game was August twenty seventh. Well, the date that's listed is August 27th, 29. Now, he was a child, right? and so the handwriting isn't great, and so I'm not sure, but it, so that I went through the, the, the signatures that I could decipher, uh-huh. and I didn't know many of these names, but there were names that I absolutely knew that were autographed on the ball. And when I say them, I'm sure, especially some of our older listeners who are hardcore baseball fans are going to be, you got to be kidding me. Rogers Hornsby. Jeez. Just to start, yeah. Hack Wilson, oh, which is a name oh, yeah. that became mainstream around here in 98 because he had the National League home run record before sure. McGuire broke it. Uh guy named Kiki Kyler, who became a Hall of Famer. He was with the Cubs. Um, so three Hall of Famers, Kyler, Hack Wilson, and Rogers Hornsby, along with a bunch of other names. It was a bunch of Cubs, actually. So I don't know what the, you know, like I said, he's passed away, but it's from 1920. And it was sitting in my parents' living room. That's unbelievable. And I'm, I'm just, for whatever reason, I picked it up and I started, I go, this is an, this is autographed by Rogers Hornsby. And then I go, this is Hack Wilson. I go, what, what is this? Why is this in the living room? Yeah. 
And it was my uh, my mom's dad's. Uh, he went to a Cardinal game and got these autographs. So that's you know it's kind of random. I still have my St. Gabriel eighth grade basketball jersey. It's sure. actually big on me now. Right. Yeah. Which is nuts. Yeah, but then again, not really. Right. And you, but you could still knock down some threes at any local parish. I, yeah, you need to. A, I really played well in Dogtown. That's where yeah. I really shine bright like a diamond. Uh, Jackson, uh, it's ten fifty nine. I want to go to you. I assume it's you know like Giannis's jock strap. I assume. What do we no, have? You don't wear a chalk in basketball. Although I wish I did last night. Um, for me, it's the gold chain that Jordan wore in the nineteen eighty eight dunk contest. Oh wow! That's what I wow, want. So specific. I want that the gold chain. There's that only two years pic- after the Money Hat Miracle. Yeah, that famous picture of him doing the yeah. classic Jordan pose, dunking from the free throw line, wearing that gold chain. I want that gold chain he wore in the nineteen eighty eight dunk contest. Nice, nice. And you would sport that at Molly's this weekend. <laughs> Be, imagine me going up to a young woman and say, you like this gold chain? Michael Jordan wore it 25, right. 35 years ago. Yeah. Well, it just screams old money. Clearly. All right, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari are up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McCurdy. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.